Where is Twins 2 now that Schwarzenegger is free? In honor of Blended, what two actors would you like to see together in an actually good movie for once? I'm Katie Rich, and Matt Damon and John Krasinski, because they would be so entertaining in a movie that actually wanted to be fun, unlike Promised Land. Hey, it's me, David the Seven, Sarah Michelle Geller, and The Rock. I have no idea in what, but the concept intrigues me still. I'm Matt Patches, and I am going to go with Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, two uh, uh, accented gravitas actors who, for some reason, share scenes only in conversations about midichlorians. And I'm David Ehrlich. I'm not feeling very well this week, but I'm going to go with Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, who had some spark in The Perfect Storm, and then a little bit more that was wasted on those rancid Marvel movies. But I think that they would be uh, have some good chemistry if we can get them in a project that wasn't utter garbage. They were in The Perfect Storm? What? The Perfect Score. The Perfect Score. The Perfect Score. The perfect score where they steal the perfect, SAT. The Perfect Score. Uh, they steal uh, the SAT uh, answers. Score. score. They had so much chemistry with Mark Wahlberg in that wave. Perfect, perfect Score. Storm. Score. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 23 for Tuesday, May 29th, 2014. So I was left off of last week's Godzilla review, not by any anybody's fault. Yeah, that's well, it, well, it was your not fault. Our fault. It was your fault. It was your fault. Yeah, you left yourself off. I mean, yeah, I did leave myself off. It was impossible to push it till later. I got the later screening. I couldn't make the earlier screening. Look, life happens. Life happens to all of us. Life finds a way. Life does find a way, especially if your last name's Brody. Life seems to really happen to you. Um. Uh, but the interesting thing, I listened back to this week's Godzilla review, which you should listen to whether or not you've seen the movie uh, and debate whether or not uh, we're high or uh, just high on the movie. And uh, with the only th- I think the only thing that you guys ended up missing outside of some spoilery answers to your spoiler questions I could answer later was uh, sort of the perspective of this Godzilla movie in the pantheon of Godzilla movies. So... Like, this one I feel very much played on certain things that are recognizable in the majority of the Godzilla movies, which is mainly him as sort of an unstoppable force of nature that's actually kind of there to fight something else, not really there to bother with the military of whatever country he's attacking. And that sort of follows uh, through Godzilla movies from... Godzilla raids again, which he tanks on some sort of ankylosaur monster whose name I'm blanking on, but that's okay because it's not important. It's as important as Mudo, at least. Um, all the way through Son of Godzilla, where he takes out a whole bunch of monsters to defend his child, which I will only keep in the brackets that I'm placing around the Godzilla pantheon because uh, of the sort of parental themes in this new 2014 Godzilla 
uh, are sort of in the Son of Godzilla, although in a much more childish fashion. But I thought it was very interesting to start a new Godzilla franchise, in this case the American franchise, with a um, sort of Godzilla fights monsters movie rather than what's up until now has been the prerequisite first entry into a Godzilla film, which is Godzilla destroys a city and uh, the humans can't stop him outside of some odd contrivance right at the end. Uh, there's an oxygen bomb and Gojira, and I think they just blow him up in Godzilla 1984. And then, obviously, in the American Godzilla, they shoot uh, the American 1998 Godzilla. Thank God there are two now. I could differentiate. Yeah. They shoot him while he's on the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, uh, but sort of this interesting, this Godzilla, I feel, was an interpretation of a Godzilla movie through the lens of more like a Gareth Edwards perspective. And so it's interesting to me that they're now going to get sequelized and have to sort of continue on with the Godzilla tradition since traditionally the Godzilla sequel will be the Monsterverse movies. And there isn't a lot in the Godzilla well to go to that's recognizably that franchise or that character outside of fighting a monster. So I guess if I were to say, good job, Gareth Edwards, you made a Godzilla movie worthy of the grander tradition of Godzilla's being a force of nature that fights other monsters. The one thing that we have sort of left to explore in this Godzilla is the hilarious plot line where the humans know what's going on, but only Godzilla could stop it, so they have to find and awaken Godzilla, which is the plot line that could keep Godzilla out of the movie for the first hour, like you kind of need to do in these types of films. They can't do that anymore. do you have to keep Godzilla out for the first hour? Uh, because it, otherwise he sort of wanders around and without a specific purpose, he either has to have a um, monster that defeats him like halfway through or he has to have a series of monsters and therefore his own sort of storyline. And that's not always very successful because that completely mutes well, the human characters. Well, they can't do the Godzilla yeah. needs to be awakened thing anymore necessarily unless they uh, do invite some serious contrivances because the whole part of this movie is that he is listening and he is aware and he is reluctant but ready to come and you know gets off his couch and he's like uh like fine i'm out of shape like Like, like i'm very relatable i think uh and yeah (laughs) I, i don't think that after this introduction that i would be quick to buy a another Godzilla film where we need to find him. Well, that, that's... I, I would say it's hard to buy any second Godzilla film. It's interesting how much a character wrong. who we know is having a huge... Le- no, I, I obviously want one. No, no, I know, <laughs> but do you, you have to Godzilla think... Movie. You're thinking too hard. I think that the, uh, the right answer here is the obvious one, even though I think it's very dangerous uh, if you're a studio, which is that you need to make Godzilla the bad guy again, but you can't... But not in the way that he has been in previous movies, because you can't make the people the good guy. Like, Godzilla has to be the good guy to the right, I know you want to see everybody wiped see him, off the face of the planet. I want to see him recognize humans as the scourge that they are, as the people who are putting Earth off its balance, as we should have been the bad guys in the first one. I mean, like, we are very explicitly conflated with the mutos. We are parasitic in the same way that but this they is are. Where, and this you is should where just come murder Godzilla... everyone you love. That's, that's but listen, Godzilla listen, too. listen. This is this is where the Godzilla <laughs> mythology and the and the franchising doesn't really work because what you're saying is thematically interesting and it never goes that direction. You're you're asking for a smaller sequel and 
in the 60-year grand tradition of Godzilla, this does not happen. Like, Godzilla, number one, from like In my head, is Godzilla a, a small killing, movie. Godzilla going on an Earth-wide genocide is not a small movie. <laughs> well, it's a small movie in terms of, in terms of the action that... W- you're, you're, we've already introduced other monsters into this, and as we've learned from Godzilla in the past, it ends up being more and more monsters. What if Godzilla I mean, it's gets just about setting up new fights to come and help kill us? <laughs> yes, he, well, he screams okay, in the air we'll, and summons more monsters. Which actually, that that's the more plausible thing. No matter what, this second Godzilla movie is going to incorporate more monsters, and it's been the downfall of Godzilla, as I said on our review. I think. Most of the other movies past the 1954 movie are, are schlock or just really bad. They really have, I mean, talk about not interesting characters, which is, seems to be the damning point uh, for this current Godzilla movie. But man, it's so inconsequential what's going on in the first half hour of every single Godzilla movie that came out from 1955 until 1998 or actually beyond with like Godzilla Final Wars and all this stuff. It's really just puppetry and kaiju battles and unless you're really into um you know wwe you're not going to enjoy these movies and we got a little taste of that in this current godzilla movie but can you imagine more of that that's what people seem to want and actually uh over the weekend i posted a clip of godzilla i forget which godzilla movie it is i think it's actually um might be Astro Monster versus Astro Monster. He he jumps in the air and f- like does flip kicks around in the air while he's fighting oh, yeah, the dance. Power Ranger monsters. Hero. Monsters. <laughs> and it's like, is that what people want? We can't possibly have that, but that seems to be the only direction to go with a Godzilla. Godzilla movie. really versus the Pacific Rim <laughs> Jaegers. And and then it's determined. How many people have already dreamed that fan art already exists? <laughs> That is a crossover that's well. It's actually not. Is it? I don't know. I don't know if Legendary owns it or if Warner Brothers. Well, who knows? Maybe Godzilla versus the the abandoned sets of Pacific Rim. (laughs) Get to see him just stomp all over the remains. Uh, Well, I mean, that's just David's favorite. In the in the grand history of Godzilla, you have you know the summoning monsters, a la Mothra and Godzilla, a few times. I think when he fights like the sea crab or whatever, he has to be summoned with lightning. Anyway, sorry, that was a personal revelation memory. Um, and then you have you know the sort of Godzilla fights a monster representative of some other thing, and then unfortunately, the trope that's also played out a lot that I think is more of a when it was actually launched and less so something that Godzilla needs to be about is aliens can get involved, <clears throat> which happens in and a lot of And this current them. Godzilla is not a very science fiction-driven movie. It's not as wild as the past Godzilla movies have gotten. Even the 1998 movie is more ridiculous in the sci-fi realm than well, this I mean, one. This, this Godzilla has a lot in common with Godzilla 2000, which was the beginning of the second series of movies, uh, basically Toho rehabbing their character after 1998. Like, I saw that movie in theaters because they had a limited American release, and there are a lot of similar beats, um, with the exception of they go overboard in their final battle and have the other monster actually swallow Godzilla in, like, this weird CGI moment, and Godzilla has to use his fire breath to, like, explode out. But the interesting thing about that series is not only did, was his return very similar to this, 
but that one actually has a complete arc where by the end of that series Godzilla has just come back too many times and he actually has a meltdown like a nuclear reactor so there is a way to make Godzilla the like world ending bid bad again but it also is a way to end the character which makes me think they're going to save that and do some more stupid monster fight or summoning stuff before we well, continue when, when does that work then as as our so-called Godzilla expert here because after watching many of them uh, for pieces this past week they're all bad and I, I really don't understand the appeal of just watching two giant characters go at it I mean I saw the artfulness in this movie uh, that just came out this weekend when we got a small taste of it when it was the the crescendoing moment of a, a kind of a slow burn and and seeing these two guys pummel each other across San Francisco I don't know how you ramp up the kaiju battling um, to a degree that would be interesting or well, just watching new monsters fight each other can you get away with the slow burn again I, that's what I don't understand I think you can, because the movies that I'm referencing, for the most part, with the exception of Godzilla 2000 and onwards, were all movies made before we had the movies that would set out the action tentpole beats. So, like, this Godzilla takes the good things from the Godzillas of the 60s and then reinterprets it through, like, Jaws and Jurassic Park and Monsters to make the film that it sort of comes out the other end on. So... Like, all the Godzilla films you think are bad, I think are good, but because I'm looking at them for different things than you are, and I I guess I'd have a harder argument if I was trying to say they were objectively good films, (laughs) but you could take... You could take the things somebody who's a fan of Godzilla like me and then pump it through everything we've learned since then. And I think what comes out the other end is, like, this one very successful because this is a movie about... You know, some monsters fighting each other at the end and a basically inconsequential thematic build I up think until that the, then. The which is, trick to doing yeah. a sequel is that you just have to have Godzilla be, his allegiances be ambiguous. There are other monsters. I mean, there's a whole ecosystem of, of these other monsters from this era that could feasibly be catalyzed by our lust for uranium or whatever else. And Godzilla comes back, and we think, yeah, Unobtainium. whatever. I mean, no, it's uranium. It's uranium <laughs> in, in, explicitly in the Philippines in the first movie. And, you know, Godzilla comes back, and we think, yeah, he's our savior, but uh, maybe he is only interested in stopping some of them and not others because they are actually – some of the other creatures are beneficial to the planet as a whole, and it becomes more of a Miyazaki movie than anything else. And we sort of have to um, learn to behave in such a way that Godzilla wants to take care of us. Yes. When Mother Nature calls Godzilla for trial by combat. Yeah, well, I think that's how we, I think that's how this has to go. I don't think that there. Are, I think well, I'm really there are not too many options. I think is what the, the I'm, I'm really is hoping, Dave, that we get Manila in the future. That's what. No, that's what we all want. <laughs> and no. one day, that's Godzilla's son. Yes, right? yes, yes. And in one movie, he just pals around with this like really chubby Japanese kid, and that's the movie I want. In a dream. In, in a, a dream. dream. That whole movie's a dream. <laughs> Mother cries on the kid, and I know she read. 
today for the mini segment. I'm going to do my patented movie quotes quiz, which I enjoy asking you guys about. And uh, I don't know if anybody ever wins because they, I typically make them harder. I am so, so bad at quotes. Is that something that you're embarrassed okay. by? Like, I, I'm bad at quotes. Do you look no. down at people who are bad at quotes? I know people who do. I don't. I'm entertained when you guys are bad at quotes because that makes these games oh. more fun. So I have uh, three quotes for all of you. They are from the top 20 movies of 2014. Don't look at Box Office Mojo as a reminder of the 2014 top 20 movies because that will ruin the fun. Um, and I'm picking a random order for you to go in unless you guys want to, like, if you feel strongly about who needs to go in what order. I vote, da- I vote David, David first because he could die at any moment. Okay. okay. <laughs> David first. Sure. You ready, David? Okay. You use time travel improperly. We must rewrite history in order to save the universe. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Oh, yes. Wow. Nicely done. Okay, Dave. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. Patches, you're next. Okay. I am ready. God crushed my pride and opened my heart to love, and I have to do. The one thing love requires is to let others know they are not alone. Oh, my God. Wait, give that to me one more time. Okay. God crushed my pride and opened my heart to love, and I have to do. The one thing love requires is to let others know they are not alone. Sounds romantic. It sounds like, um, but I don't think any of the rom-coms really did well this year. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lego movie. (laughs) (laughs) It it is heaven is for real. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, man. Your favorite movie. I don't know. I did did not see it. No. Knew it. That's in the top 20. God, I hate everybody. Dave. Yes. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. You're white. You're white. You don't fight. I know this one, too. It, it was in the commercial. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Is the Kevin James? No, 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 no. Kevin Hart. The black Kevin James. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to regret saying that. Um, you get a title? Yeah. Ride, ride Along? Yes. Yeah. Ride Along. You white. You, white. Okay, you don't Dave. fight. It makes no sense. Oh, dumb. Anyway. <laughs> it, it, makes, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, David. Sorry about that. I went a little nuts. <laughs> the nut job was last year. <laughs> right? Uh, Wasn't it? No. no? It was this year? The, the, I, I the, the nut job. Damn, why am I helping I you? Believe I, you rem- I can't believe you remember the nut I job I swear existed. the nut job came out like 15 months ago. Oh. <laughs> All right, Patches. All right. I only work in black and sometimes very, very dark gray. Um, I only work in black. Um, that's a, like a, that's a crime fighter. Must be. I'm going to go with RoboCop. It's the Lego movie. What? Oh, oh no. It's, it's what Batman said. Batman. Oh, Batman. no. <laughs> but to be fair, RoboCop did work in black and dark gray during the movie. Is that also in the top 20? I don't know. I assume. I don't think RoboCop is. No, RoboCop is. Um, Not a spoiler. Just, it is. Okay, Dave. Mm -hmm. The croaking cockatoo doth bellow for revenge. Rio 2. What? Yes. (laughs) How do you remember that these movies existed? Cockatoo is a pretty good, that's a pretty big giveaway. (laughs) Unless you're talking about a diet. David and Dave, you guys are both tied at two patches. It's tough. I told you I'm bad at quotes. Also, I feel like mine are a little harder. Let's be honest. I don't know. Cockatoo. I gave you the the number one movie of the year. (sighs) Um, Okay, David. 
You prayed and believed your whole life, never done anything wrong, and here you are. You're the nicest person I know. I am the meanest. You have dementia. My life is perfect. Explain Fucking that God to me. God is dead. No? Uh, what you it? Be, God, repeat that title? Uh, God's not dead. God, yes. God's not dead is in the I, top God's 20? God's not dead made like a stupid <laughs> money. I wish I called it God's dead. <laughs> God's dead. <laughs> God's dead. Okay, pa- Patches, I'm going to give you one I think oh, you can great. get. great. Wait till okay. I don't get it. My, my brothers, steady your heart. Look deep into your souls, for your metal is to be tested this day. If in the heat of battle you need a reason to fight on, you need only look at the man who fights at your side. This is the why of battle. Um, man, what? What? That sounds like historical, epic, motivational speech, but a little too canned for Noah. I'm gonna go with three hundred. Rise of an Empire, I think, is the subtitle. Yes! Yay! It is, oh. it is indeed. <laughs> awesome. All right, Dave. Yeah. You get the last question. You think you can tie with Dave? I, don't, I, guess we have, I guess we have a tiebreaker. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. I beat the living shit out of a sniveling little runt named Pinky Badinsky, because if we've learned one thing from Penny Dreadfuls, it's that you can't be a candy ass. You've got to earn their respect. You should take a long look at his ugly mug this morning. All I heard was Penny Dreadful, and I thought that Showtime show. <laughs> it's not that Showtime show. Uh, uh, I have no idea what movie that would even be from. This is a tough one. Um, uh, just try to come up with somebody that would talk like that, Dave. I just want to say, like, Silicon Valley, but obviously that's not <laughs> a movie. You guys keep saying television. Um, I'm I'm gonna anchor Anchorman two. That came out last no, year. It came out last year. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, do you give up? I do give up. The Grand Budapest Ooh, Hotel. Ehrlich oh shit! Is in the uh, Ehrlich wins. I'm gonna do the tiebreaker just because I want to hear okay. who shouts it out yeah. first. You ready? Hmm. They promised me infinite BJ's. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Captain America, World Police. <laughs> <laughs> they they promised me infinite BJ's. That's I thought that would be heaven is for real. <laughs> yeah, but Colton Burpa said a lot of nasty things. Uh, <laughs> what else was successful is it, is this it, year? Uh, Divergent? Did they say that in Divergent? I would love it's that. It's got to be a comedy. Be so is it too. Neighbors? It no. is definitely. Oh, it is Neighbors. Awesome. Oh, Neighbors. That's, are, uh, that's yeah. Ash. Juice. Neighbors is already in the top twenty of the entire year. Yeah. Well, it is. That's amazing. What are people seeing this year? Jesus. Um, David, I don't know how you managed to be the most familiar with the most popular movies of the year. And remember, God's not dead, but I'm very I, impressed. I, I'm, I, I want to thank my parents. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank God <laughs> for, for not years. being dead, apparently. <laughs> yeah, please thank you. You should thank God. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. right. You should want a bad bitch like this. I spent a perfectly beautiful Saturday afternoon watching Nashville indoors because I was hungover and I felt like it. And it was another one of those situations where I'm binge-watching a television show that's not necessarily intended to be binge-watched and is from the power of my DVR. It's not like Netflix or any newfangled technology allowing me to binge-watch. And I kind of realized that Nashville is not exactly a show that I'm glad that I binge watch because it's, it's barely even a show. A soap opera. I, <laughs> it's barely even a television <laughs> show. Um, I enjoy watching it because I like I'm half invested in the characters and I'll kind of check in. But it's kind of the thing where 
it's better as just being like a little weird space that you visit every Wednesday night or whatever. Isn't this what YouTube videos are for? Couldn't this be enjoyed in like five minute chunks? Yeah. No, because you want kind of that 45 minute immersion. You want to like spend that time putting your head in the headspace of being like, oh, who's Reyna going to be with? And that's about as much as I want to care about. And there's a similar effect for me for Game of Thrones, which I have never really properly binge watched. I've kind of just watched it week to week. And I don't know that I would want to handle watching like four episodes of Game of Thrones in a row. I think that's, that show is intense in a way and complicated that I don't want to have my head there. Because you've had that effect. I think everyone has. Of Anytime you've kind of gone through a bunch of episodes of a show at once, you've, you feel like you're different. You're thinking differently when you get out of it. And I wondered if there was anything in particular you guys had or had not binge watched that you feel like, even though we're living in this time when you have the ability to kind of watch it however you want, if you feel like there's a correct way to do it, even if it's like a Netflix show where they are dropping it all at once. That maybe My feeling is that, that any dramatic show worth watching is worth watching all at once. I do not see the value whatsoever wow. of taking intervals. Mm. However, I feel very strongly that you should take breathers between comedy shows um, because those can be very tiring to it takes energy to laugh there was a at lot something. Of, uh, I want to watch like two Louis a week is good. Three Louis a week in a row. I, I'm not sure I would want to do that. I think there was a lot of pushback to Arrested Development season six because everyone just devoured yeah. it. Yeah. Season once. four. And, season four. I'm sorry. Whatever. The last one. Season four, yeah. Uh, and you still, people, I mean, people didn't go back and try and revisit them after their one sitting binge watching marathon and people wrote it off people hate season four of Arrested development i've seen a lot of people only now people hate i think it? people hated it a lot of people and i think a lot of those people are they watched it all in one weekend or they haven't given it a second thought um well that's when binge watching culture is about getting through something as opposed to being lost in a television show i don't think people gave arrested development the time of day when that was thrown onto Netflix. And that's the difference between, you know, I binge-watched Game of Thrones, uh, as you mentioned, Katie, and I I, I didn't feel uh, like the show was aggressive or I couldn't handle watching so much of it at once. You I was really lost in the world. I, wa- I wanted to know what happened next. Isn't it, That's what binge-watching is all about, right? And I felt the same thing when I binge-watched The Good Wife. Um, and But I did not feel that way when I binge-watched Breaking Bad. I got there eventually, but oh. I had such... That took me to a dark place. I... I <laughs> yeah, binge watching Breaking Bad was actively damaging. Right. Like after watching four episodes in a row to try to catch up, it was uh, exhausting and sad. But the, the Netflix model of you know that people are striving for, people want their shows to be binge watch worthy. Um, I don't think it's making them accessible to kind of losing yourself into them. We have to conquer them now. We want to just they're check marks on our on our list, our to do lists, as opposed. That's kind of how it seems like certain cinephiles approach things, being like, I'm going to watch the entire Criterion Collection, whether I want to or not. Do you feel like it's making it less fun to watch things? It's not that it's making it less fun. People are enjoying it, right? And people can still jump on Twitter and talk about it. But we lose the nuance. I feel like I still haven't read anything about House of Cards Season two, that's worth a damn because I think that has a lot to do with House of Cards season B2 two B2. not being worth a damn. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I would I would say the same thing. 
But I think, I mean, House of Cards, like, I think Vulture maybe or someone did, like, really thoughtful recaps of it eventually, like, weeks later. They kind of did, they had to go out of their way to do that. But the cultural conversation moved on so quickly from that that you kind of, it's not going to permeate your daily existence the way something like Breaking Bad or True Detective was, whereas, like, on a, it's a weekly concern and you really have the time to chew over it, even if you're going to drive David crazy in the process. I'm, I'm just, it's interesting to hear, David, you say that a great drama show should be able to be binge-watched. But you don't believe that they, um that you would want to wait for every dramatic show and wait for it all to be available to binge watch. Do you? Uh, Do you feel like well, watching week to week actually takes away I prefer, from something? I personally, we all, you know, I, I've outspoken on the show about how I'm uh, sort of on the fence about recap culture and, and talking about unfinished stories and whatnot. But just for my, in a vacuum, my own personal enjoyment, I do like having uh, these times to reset in between episodes, but like of like Game of Thrones in, in particular. But um, at the same time, as I did earlier this year in preparation for season four of Game of Thrones, I rewatched the entire series in about four days when I was sick. And uh, the, oh, yeah. the, it, 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 you know, I had no interest in coming up for air. I mean, every episode fed really nicely into the next one. I think it's a testament to the quality of the show, even if it's not necessarily the ideal way for it to be watched. But I personally feel as if any, as I said at the top of this segment, any show that is worth watching is worth watching um, I, in a straight show. I, I'm more interested in hearing people talk about the shows that aren't serialized or some of the, get away from some of these prestige shows that we end up gravitating towards. I mean, I, I like The Good Wife both because... Almost for the same reason uh, David was talking about Game of Thrones, I, I binge watched up to the point where I'm now caught up. Wait, can I? I, I have a bone to pick with you about The Good Wife. Week to week. Wait, Wait I, no, I, I, this I, is important. You've been watching okay, The go. Good Wife for years, right? <laughs> no, for months. No, for the last for weeks. For the last year. For so years. I caught up. I caught up in the beginning of 2014, and yet, or at the end at no point during that year. Despite our weekly or bi-weekly conversations, did you, or anyone else out there for that matter, think to tell me that Edward Herman from Gilmore Girls is in the show? <laughs> also the star of uh, a Girl Walk. Ta- a girl walk, girl walk. Yes. And that that might yeah. be pertinent information that someone looking for a television show... The star of Girl Walk was. is on Well, here, here's the reason I don't do that, because binge-watch culture, as I'm playing catch-up, is not... Uh, you know, we've chastised Katie before for trying to talk about her show, her programs that she's catching up on. Breaking Bad, right? You were catching up on Breaking Bad. We were like... For like being the person who's behind Yeah, it's like, else. okay, shut up, Katie. We could talk when you're yeah. all caught up. So I, I wouldn't want to share yeah. about Good Wife binge-watching it and catching up. Um, but I, actually, I would love to. I, you know, you wish you were part of a culture that could just start talking about any episode of a television show at all, but... Um, it's requirements and it's getting your work done and then you can come play once you're all caught up kind of attitude um, but I like Good Wife now because you know week to week um, the, the the episodes stand alone as opposed to being you know there's overarching stuff uh, arcs going on but I like that each episode kind of tackles its own material and this is why I love Murder She Wrote this, uh, this is what I really wanted to get mm-hmm. back to um, I've been watching Murder, She Wrote <laughs> 10 seasons of Murder, She Wrote um, for what, maybe two years now sounds exhausting it's not exhausting because I don't binge watch Murder, She Wrote, I can watch an episode at any given time and it's always good because I mean 
the, 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 all the stories are culled from that very moment in time. Okay, Jessica Fletcher just got a computer. What's that like? Or like, Jessica Fletcher moved to New York so it's, it's in 1993. Serialized. What's that going to be like? What, the, what would the mysteries be then? Yeah, it's not serialized and not much changes. It's just that you can put her in literally any place and something new happens. And Dave, this is kind of why you and I are being on X-Files, although you love the mythological stuff that runs through it. But that's another show that I think people really caught on to it and love to binge watch it. Uh, same with Star Trek The Next Generation. It's like you could watch an episode of any of these shows at any time, and that's what that's what I like. And it's not necessarily binge watching, it's the slow burn. Yeah, well, I mean, what you're talking about is like being able to enjoy episodes in like a single capsule and like binge watching came around because like these heavy serialized shows were suddenly available in a format that you could do it i dvd watch rewatched several seasons of 24 with a lot of different people you just get caught on saturday afternoons oh, yeah. they'd be like oh i never saw season two of 24 and you're like it's really good but we have to do it all in two days because you're just gonna want to that's the way <laughs> say it goodbye works. to your loved ones you're staying well, here something like 24 i mean right. i feel like uh that show actually doesn't work in like that's one of the problems I had with keeping up with Twenty Four, and that it didn't work in with the intervals of the week between each episodes because it's such like you know the narrative is such gossamer thread. It's so poorly held together just by its own momentum, really. That if you take a little break, it just sort of falls apart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing with when I rewatched Lost. Is that when you have the capability to pick and choose without the narrative propulsion of the series being the thrust of the entire series you learn there isn't a lot that you really want to go back and revisit whereas something like the x-files that patches brought up i could dive in and figure out the mythology but because of the way it was aired and it was never nobody ever thought anybody would be able to binge watch x-files they're like crazy good monster of the week episodes like splat in the middle of a third fourth of the way through the season and it's just sort of obscene that to think that there was a time where a serialized show would take two weeks off from its serialized story yeah. and everybody would just sort of be fine with it. Whereas like this probably week we'd be, burn the internet the down. Told, when, told them to like the network was like, Hey, make an episode that new people can catch up on because that was, you know, a barrier. Well, you also need spots. bottle episodes of television shows that don't fit in anything that can be shot on one stage for budget reasons. So there are, and I mean, that's yeah. all, that's all going away. I mean, we're right. slowly transitioning Let's to see. an era where you could build things to be binge watched and when you can't cancel things. So, like, there is no such thing as canceled anymore when you could kickstart, resurrect something, or when there's streaming television channels that are going to bring back, like, three episode specials of whatever this you're is doing. Well, I mean, but there are still plenty of shows that get canceled and will never be heard from again. But only because, like, literally there are <laughs> no not enough people to. that would ever want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think community is going to come back. Uh, that's... Let's hope. Well, I mean, I <laughs> within the next year, no. Will community be back? Yeah. I mean... Like, Dan Harmon's gonna get, like, five people together in the back of some Comic-Con and shoot, like, a, I don't know, mini Polaroid comic book, and people are gonna be like, oh, those are the characters oh, I love, God. and that's the, that's the same thing as Golden Palace. I, I find I find the, the <sighs> you know, veering off into binge watching and, and taking that consideration and making that part of our storytelling, you know, it's not just serialized anymore, it's like, this really has to run all as one big drama one big movie almost over 
10 episodes. That's what people want right now. And are we losing something in television for that? You know, I mentioned the bottle episodes, something zany and just a crazy idea that puts all the characters in one place in one contained area that has nothing to do with the, the big arc of the season like that's something we'll we'll miss um but no, maybe not, maybe not shows all shows are serialized though but like, like what's not I mean, anymore what show do you watch that's no... not i mean it... sitcoms i guess but brooklyn 99 had multiple bottle episodes in the past season well, brooklyn 99 is awful that we're but completely... <laughs> what i, I really oh my don't God. like brooklyn 99 it's it's andy samberg's fault i like all wow. the parts of Oh, let's fight about that. <laughs> uh, okay, New Girl. Do you like New Girl? No, like, I hate does, New Girl. It does the same thing. Okay, well, yeah. you don't like comedy, like so I don't Joy. know how to talk to you. Well, wait. You, I, I guess. I guess if, if they're not murders she's wait. writing, are you just not interested? <laughs> Patches. Oh, how about, how about Mad Men? It had a famous bottle episode with a suitcase. It was just Don and Peggy. And it was a great episode. I don't watch Mad Men. Well, uh... <laughs> I mean, well, that's something I want to binge watch and catch up about. on. But I do you watch? Patches doesn't I, like television. Patches, do you watch Silicon Valley? I do watch Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is great. So that's something. That's something that looks like it's serialized, but all the same characters are doing all the same things this every episode because that's the strength of a Mike Judge sitcom right. is he could draw those characters in that one situation out for however many seasons he wants because he's telling a story about characters, which is like. Mash could carry on the Korean War for forever because we're coming back to see the characters do stuff. I'm, I'm also or Veep really has kind of done yeah. a lot. Like I think it's become more serialized in the most recent season, but it really for a long time it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that was the l- point. I mean, looking like it's serialized is. I mean, like real serialization is different from just like setting something up that you come you back what, to. You know what so show it's does like, this brilliantly? Yeah. Um, you know, I think. You know the go-to show that I think straddles that line between serialization and and still having sort of character progress and whatever is Seinfeld. But I think in some ways even more brilliantly than Seinfeld is Phineas and Ferb, uh, which has a uh, I'm not sure if there you guys watch Phineas and Ferb or if there are Phineas and Ferb watchers out there, but it has no Do you have no children. Phineas like, and Ferb no Phineas and Ferb is not intended it's for an children. It is, it is uh, it is most definitely targeted. I think. You know, it, I'm going to remember like a, this moment for when you ridiculed Dave and I for watching The Legend of Korra. But I don't ridicule you guys for watching that That's show. <laughs> I, I, I have never. I tried even watching it myself with uh, open mind. I was watching the Avatar, and I was only so interested. But I, you know, I watch anime. You know, I don't. I don't judge. Um, I do judge. I just watch first. But uh, Phineas and Ferb has a <laughs> set. The whole every episode, the premise is that they, uh, the kids, Phineas and Ferb, make these wild inventions, and their sister Candice tries to uh, uh, rat them out to their mother and to bust them, as she says. And then in every single episode, without fail, they are just about to get busted. Their mom is going to see that they are these crazy geniuses. I don't know why it would be so terrible. And they've caused all this havoc. And uh, and something happens. And the moment she turns around, it's all back to normal. And yet still, they cultivate these really nice character dynamics, um, despite the fact they're locked into this ever-repeating cycle every episode. It's really interesting storytelling. Sounds like Rick and Morty. Yes, like Rick and Morty. Oh, I miss Rick and Morty did, already. Did, Let's bring did they it back die? to Dan Herman. No, they're... What? No, they're just off-season. <laughs> well, the, what you're describing, David, is what, what well, I they like did about die, but... um, Parks and Rec, which is oh. which is also... I mean, they have threads well. running through everything, but they're always on some misadventures. Um, but I, I, I'm, actually, when it became more serialized, when the relationships and the plotting became like you have to follow it or you're not going to know where these characters are i became less interested in the show 
That's interesting, because that's when they started having, you know, development and consequences, and that's what but pushed I think them they always to where they did. are now. That, that's what I loved about the show, that the characters were real enough that we would feel, like, the pain that would come with a failure, or the, the true joy of accomplishing something as a team, as a, a, a group of people meshing together to accomplish things. But then when it started becoming, like, missions and goals, and that became too much for me watching Parks and Rec. I mean... I'm surprised that, well, no, no, I'm not surprised that you gave up on Parks and Rec, but if you hadn't, I would have said, like, towards the latter end of this most recent season is the first time that I really felt like a Leslie fatigue of like, oh, she's really into something that's obviously a bad idea for another 20 minutes. Yeah. And then they finally had to, you know, kick it with the spoiler thing that they did or can we talk about that anyway yeah whatever yeah they time jump ahead three years they're in the future parks and rec is going to take place like now final season for parks and rec nonetheless no i i definitely want to be great so i can watch it but and they might that might change the show significantly if they decide the future for leslie is different than the future for us is and then there's a constant like meta level that's going to be added to it Whoa. i think it could oh, be it really would be fun so cool if they i mean like there are they after the 2016 elections probably so like maybe hillary clinton is president and that would be amazing yeah there's like some we i mean i i don't think they're going to go too hard into sci-fi but i would be super intrigued if that, that is crazy yeah i feel like we've gotten slightly off the binge watching topic which is <laughs> well fine. actually i don't know if there's any way to wrap I wanted to introduce okay, one idea that I do think has to do with binge watching. Do you think that we're suffocating in this world of binge watching? And that is why I know intelligent people who watch reality television like The Bachelor. Or uh, uh, reality television seems to be like people finding solace in, in reality TV, really garbage reality television that you can watch at any point that you have no interest in watching all of in one sitting. I think. I think I know what you're talking about, which is that reality TV has taken over the comfort food portion that used to be like late night or sitcoms or things that you could just start in the middle, procedurals, murder she wrote, you know, anything that was after the evening news, basically. I mean, CSI is still on. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't think that's binge watching that's killing it. I think what is interesting and what's happened is that recently there's become like two versions of TV because people are starting to get the idea that Nielsen ratings don't matter. So you still have people that are, you know, chasing that through the avenue of television and that's where you get your realities and your live musical events and your contest shows and whatnot. But the storytellers are realizing that all these restrictions that were on their stories, like having to reset or not having character development, all those avenues are now open and they can experiment with it. Some people, in the case of like Game of Thrones, are adapting a much larger story anyway and have an ending, and so they have the capability of making these shows that can be binge watched. Whereas I think like other things that you know maybe like Orange Is the New Black or whatnot, they're only writing little season pods. So I wouldn't like jump from watching one season of Orange Is the New Black to the second season because I don't think those are distinct story bubbles i don't know i think we have to adapt as television viewers but i don't think binge watching is forcing you to do anything yeah i'm i just will always take comfort in watching america's next top model marathons on like cw or vh1 as opposed to like seeking it out those were the and good I, old days when I binge watching accidentally happened <laughs> that the future of reality television and the present for that matter is shark tank 
That's either here nor there. It's just true. On my wrist, taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never stop like we bring an 88 back. What? Bring the hook scene when That does it for today's Fighting in the War Room. We'll be back on Friday to review X-Men, yet another movie that is a franchise that Dave has a lot of knowledge about. So it's a good time for Dave to be my time of year. I episode, but, but after this, room, I think it's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, Dave David hating the first X Men was one of my favorite like, early us all disagreeing vehemently. So I'm, I'm disappointed. That David, it's not a lot like First Class. If that's any <laughs> that's hooking you. It is. That a sell? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> David is definitely from the director of Jack the Giant. Oh my God, that movie's been on constant <laughs> rotation on HBO this week, and like he gets. How could anyone wake up in the morning and go to set for that and think that they Katie were... Katie and I liked it. Oh, my God. I know. It was kind of fun. 3D was good. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back reviewing X-Men. In the meantime, tell the people who you are. I am Matt Patches. I write on the internet all over the place. I put on mattpatches.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. And remember, we have a website where we post the episodes each week fightinginthewarroom.com. Every episode gets its own show page. You can leave comments and tweets and who knows. Everything happens on that page. I'm looking for... I'm, I go, like, all the time after an episode comes out because I'm looking for comments and I want people to to talk. And I will talk back. So join us. Fightinginthewarroom.com You're going to be like Godzilla talking back to the... I only write in R's and A's, capital uh, I'm David Ehrlich. You can find me writing on websites like The Dissolve, where uh, if you listen to our Godzilla interview, or interview, <laughs> we interviewed Godzilla. If you uh, listen to our Godzilla review when we were at all interested in what we were talking about, uh, about the human characters, uh, there's an essay that should, well, by the time you're listening to this, be live on The Dissolve about that very thing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich and at Criterion Corner. And you can find all of us together talking to you about this, that, and everything else on Option. Jesus Christ. On uh, Fighting on Facebook. On that's all. The whole point of that segment is that I say the word Facebook. So at Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to send David from the future back into the body of David from the I'm past. I'm on a lot of cold medicine mistake. right now. Aaron, so I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm Dave Gonzalez. I spell my first name D-A-7-E. I cover superhero movie news and Star Wars scoops at latino-review.com. You can leave Operation Kino, I think, still a uh, voicemail at 914-410-6450. Uh, please do it. It'll peer pressure Katie Rich into changing the outgoing message. Isn't never. that right? No. I'll never let go of the past. It's like our time capsule. Yeah, exactly. Just, just remember those crazy days six months ago when everything was different? Yep. Yeah. You had uh, a different last name. There was crazy stuff going I, on. I still have the same last name. Social Security Administration. Oh, don't me. fault us, Baltus. Wow, you've been waiting months to say that, haven't you? <laughs> yes, months. <laughs> years maybe um, I am Katie Rich you can find me at Vanity Fairs Hollywood I'm recapping Game of Thrones this week so be nice to me please um, you can also find me on Twitter at Katie Rich K-A-T-E-Y R-I-C-H you can find the entire podcast on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R you can complain about my Game of Thrones recap there if you so choose um, you can also go there to answer this week's lightning round question which is in honor of Blended what two actors would you like to see together in an actually good movie for once Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you on Friday. And if he stays, I'll wait for him in the morning. I'm a thousand people.
pieces of life. If he stays, then I'll wait for him in the morning. I'm a thousand pieces of life. If he stays, I'll wait for him in the morning. I'm a thousand pieces of life. If he stays, then I'll wait for him in the morning. I'm a thousand pieces of life.